Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What a world! Welcome on all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Writer as Your Humble Host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, September 21st, 2023. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you are happy, safe, healthy, and that you're excited because we have quite the show in store for you today. We have not just one, but two separate interviews for you dallas cowboys running back tony pollard and i had a conversation that you're going to hear very shortly and of course because it is thursday because it is the ocho because we are getting set for another dallas cowboys game those two and oh dallas cowboys that we love so much we sat down with our good friend johnny venerable i don't know why i said we i did the sit down with johnny he was awesome you'll hear that conversation johnny and i of course kind of previewing the game getting a little bit of the uh, the 101 on the cardinals with the cowboys will face on sunday johnny does a great job covering the cardinals for phnx um this is an interesting week for the Cowboys because uh, everyone is so happy. Everyone is in such a great mood. Um, you know, the vibes are kind of at an all-time high or uh, an all-time high as far as recent memory is concerned. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, 2-0 and with a point differential of plus 60, a turnover differential of plus 7. They have an opportunity um, as they currently stand. When Johnny and I were talking, they were 12-point favorites, um, according to our friends at DraftKings, over the Cardinals this weekend. It's, you know how it is. It's possible that's moved quite a bit, uh, or not quite, excuse me. It's possible that's moved a teeny bit, is what I was trying to say. Uh, it's possible that's moved a little bit, but still 12, 12 and a half, 13, whatever uh, point favorites. And I wrote about this on Wednesday morning. It's actually Wednesday about 3.30 uh, in the afternoon, 3.30 Central, as I'm kind of putting this together for you. Um, I wrote about the – I wanted to kind of contextualize um, the ability to start off 3-0 and and how valuable that is for an NFL team um, just because, you know, I know I like to have fun with, um, you know – I wouldn't say predictive tweets, but coincidental tweets. Um, and, you know, starting off 3-0 is an important thing. And it's worth mentioning that when you look at NFL history, starting off 3-0 is weighted differently because until 1979, um, there were only 14 games in an NFL season. So obviously 3 out of 14 is a bigger percentage than it is, say, out of 3 out of 17, which is the current um, amount of games in a regular season. And, of course, the NFL moved to a 16-game regular season schedule, uh, which ended two years ago when the NFL bumped up to 17, as mentioned. So um, as more games have been added, the the weight, technically, the percentage has has shrunken, obviously, right? That's the way that math works. So uh, it's important that you, you have that context. But in the Super Bowl era, which for our younger audience began or begins, I should say, in 1970, um, there have been 155 teams to start off 3-0 um, in the NFL or in an NFL season. 
and 74% of them have gone on to at least make the playoffs. And that's an important thing, right? Like if I if I told you, you know, that with a win on Sunday, the Cowboys technically, as far as the Super Bowl era are concerned, have a 74% chance of making the playoffs. That would make you very happy, right? You know, we, we obviously, that's the first step. You got to get into the playoffs. Um, now, I should tell you that the last two Dallas Cowboys teams who started off 3-0 both missed the playoffs entirely. They're both part of that 26%. The 2019 team who we referenced a lot last week because of the loss to the Jets that dropped them um, to 500 after going 3-0. and uh, and, uh, and, of course, the 2008 team. I've talked about that team a lot here on the podcast uh, with a great friend of mine, Bobby Belt. We both believe that might be the most talented team in Dallas Cowboys franchise history to not win the Super Bowl or, or not even make the playoffs, obviously. But that's important context. You, you, you want to win every game. And shocker, I would rather the Cowboys be three and zero than two and one or one and two or, or God forbid zero and three. Um, but the New Orleans, the New Orleans, I saw a tweet about New Orleans right now. The Arizona Cardinals stand in their way. So we're going to preview that game. Like I said, it's a big show because we have so many interviews. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. But be on the lookout at blogontheboys.com uh, for that article, which goes a little bit more in depth. For now, uh, I promised you this on the post game show. If you were watching that live, and apologies if you are somebody who frequents our uh, YouTube channel. We appreciate those of you who check out our, our YouTube channel and our video work. Um, the Tony Pollard interview that you're about to hear, there were difficulties and he was not able to get his camera operational. So we were only able to record uh, from an audio standpoint. But if you're a podcast listener, you are in luck. Tony joined us on behalf of his partnership with Chili's, which you're going to hear him talk about. Um, I love Chili's. Tony obviously loves Chili's. I imagine that you love Chili's because who doesn't? I mean, to be quite honest. But Tony Pollard is coming off of a career high in terms of rushing attempts with the Dallas Cowboys. And so uh, what a great week to talk to him. So without further ado, here he is. Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard joins us next right here on the Ocho. Very pleased not to be joined by the one, the only, the legendary, the internationally famous. You know him. You love him. You scream his name each and every week throughout the NFL season. And I would imagine at some points in the offseason as well, it is Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard. Tony, thank you for taking the time to join us here at Blogging the Boys. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, I imagine you're a little bit more tired um, than maybe ever, uh, given that you're coming off of a career high in terms of carries. Did you know that on Sunday against the Jets? Yeah, I did. I was aware. Like at what point? Like when when you hit it? Like did, did somebody tell you on the side, like, "Hey, dude, that's the career high," or is it like you're walking off the field into the locker room type of thing? Um, no, I think it was towards the end of the fourth quarter. I looked up and and saw the stat line, and then that's when that's when I knew. Well, I mean, it was a, a pretty impressive performance, a, a pretty awesome home debut for you all. Um, you guys are the talk of the town, and and obviously you've been around the Cowboys for a long time, and you understand what it's like when you all have success. Uh, we're only two weeks into this season, but have you ever felt the kind of worldwide attention that you guys are getting right now be so positive? Um, I'm not sure I have, actually. Um, you know, normally it's, it's up and down, but for the first two weeks it's been pretty consistent on a positive note. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for it to not be. I'm sure you've seen, you know, on, on social media, you know, maybe people send to you uh, different things, all the different statistics and measurements that you guys are kind of dominating in. Um, and I, I think something that's important, at least something that we talk about is um, obviously keeping perspective. All this stuff is cool and all this stuff is fun. But how do you how do you not let yourself get carried away? I mean, because if it were me, I would I would really be swept up in this and I would have a hard time kind of bringing myself back down to earth. I mean, yeah, I mean, that just goes in, you know, into being professionals and being athletes. Um, 
you know, it's highs and it's lows that come with playing sports. And you definitely have to find a way to stay neutral in all of it and um and just take everything one day, one day at a time, you know, one week at a time, you know, not look too far ahead. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, I made it a goal um, next time I spoke to you to not ask you, uh, not because I don't uh, you know, care about it, but your family's history and your family's restaurant. I know you've talked about that a million different times, obviously, throughout your professional career. But you're actually joining us on behalf of a different kind of uh, partnership with a restaurant. What do you have going on with Chili's? Yeah. Um, yeah, I partnered with Chili's to promote, you know, the boneless, the uh, buy one, get one boneless wing promotion um, starting this Monday. September 25th, you know, fans can enter to win one of the jerseys that I wore while filming one of the Chili's commercials, um, you know, has sauce on it, everything like that. So it's unique. Yeah, fans can enter to win plus boneless wings every Monday during football season by sharing a picture on Twitter or which is X now of them, you know, eating the boneless wings at a local Chili's and using hashtag Chili's wing one jersey and tagging chilies. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned the sauce stain jersey. I'm looking at a picture right now. Uh, if this is how you eat, Tony, um, I mean, thank God you're not a professional eater because this is pretty embarrassing, uh, the way this jersey got all filthy. Yeah, man, it, it happens. It happens. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. Um, you're wearing the number 20 in the jersey, obviously. Do you ever look back and say, thank God I don't have to wear number 36? That was ugly, dude, uh, you know, when you first got assigned that. Yeah, that was that one. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, a rough scene, but thankfully uh, it worked out. Um, you mentioned boneless. Do you ever get any heat for that? Uh, people hate telling you just like chicken nuggets, especially given your barbecue background personally. Heat for the boneless? Yeah, I mean, because some people are like, oh, boneless are just chicken nuggets or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, just... They're going to talk regardless. So at the end of the day, if it's good to me, I'm going to eat it. Boneless, that's the way to go. That's well said. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys defense is obviously getting a lot of love. Um, I imagine this isn't that big of a shock to you. I spent a week in Oxnard myself, uh, and I was there the day that Micah kind of one hand ragged all through Tyron Smith, which, I mean, is a pretty impressive statement to say out loud. Um, are you shocked at, at what the defense is doing, or is this something that you've always known that they've been capable of, given that you've seen them so closely and so intimately? I mean, you just said it. Um, you being there at camp, you know, you seeing what this defense can do on a regular basis. So shocked. I wouldn't say I'm shocked. You know, I'm impressed by what they've been doing, you know, on the big stage in the games. But, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, we've seen this every day of practice. So it's not a surprise for us. Who's somebody um, that, that you think maybe isn't getting enough love? I mean, Micah gets a lot of talk. Obviously, Diggs gets a lot of talk. Stephon Gilmore now, Leighton Vanders. It's, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this. It's really difficult to be underrated and play for the team that you play for. But who's a defensive player that you don't think is getting enough shine right now? Um, I would say two probably would be – I think people forget how good Demarcus Lawrence is. And mm. like a technician over there on the other side of Micah. And, you know, we're missing we're, – we're still missing Donovan Wilson. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize how good of a safety that Malik Hooker is. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody got an interception, it felt like. Um, obviously, he and J. Ron and then and Diggs got one late in the game on Sunday. But you're right, Donovan, who went to the greatest school in the world, where I went, obviously, uh, <laughs> Texas A&M University. Um, you guys are missing a lot of people, actually. And, you know, so to kind of come back to the offense, Tyler Smith hasn't played so far this season. Since the Cowboys drafted him, since he became your teammate, you guys have never had 
the envisioned offensive line, right? With Tyron at left tackle. And I mean, you know, the rest. And I mean, that has to be, you know, that has to have an impact on you, at least. I bet you're excited for it to all finally come together and have all the starters there from left to right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a huge, huge part of our offense, you know, run game, pass game, you name it, you know, uh, you know, it's big not having him in there. So we're definitely looking forward to getting him back. What do you make of people saying, uh, because people have to look for flaws in what you all do, obviously, that the offense isn't doing enough, that you guys weren't efficient enough in the red zone. You you beat these guys 30 to 10 and some people still aren't satisfied. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the objective is to win. And, you know, um, once you have a, a defense, once your defense is playing the way our defense has been playing these past two games, you know, you can just play complimentary football and just feed off of that, you know, and just win games like that. You don't have to, you know, pull out the big guns on offense, call your best plays and, you know, do have all these crazy explosive plays, like, if you don't need it. So I feel like we're right where we need to be. I think that's something that fans are really excited to hear. Um, you know, people say like, oh, they're they're saving the good plays, right? Like um, in the fourth quarter, they're not putting anything out there on film, you know, that they don't have to because they're kind of putting this thing on ice. Something that's been really interesting to watch. I know so much was made about who was going to be the backup running back behind you. And and you guys have so many talented players who you can put the ball in the hands of. But the utilization of Cavante Turpin, he's been used much more on offense this year through two games than he was all throughout his rookie year last year. Um, how explosive would you say he is you know when you get a chance to watch him play um I mean he's one of the guys on offense you know that we have to find ways to you know get the ball into his hands just because you know the excitement and the explosion that he brings um you know he's a guy you, you're not gonna catch him once he gets a, a step on you um hard to tackle uh yeah he's definitely one of those playmakers that you know we just we got to get involved into our offense I mentioned the career high and you said you were aware of it. Uh, there was the chatter last year about how, you know, people said you couldn't handle or sustain things like, you know, the running back position is so different. And, and obviously, you know, this better than anybody. But, you know, what do you define a starter or RB1 or bell cow, like all these different, you know, quirks and names and labels that people have for things like what what do you view the position as? Um, What do I view? Um, what was the question? What I guess, mean? I mean, it, it is a complicated question because it's a complicated thing, right? People, people, I think, are so desperate to, especially for the team you play for, right, to kind of find Emmett Smith, right? Like, oh, they have to have the running back that gets 30 carries a game. But what do you define a starting running back in today's NFL to be? Because you are coming off of a career high in attempts. Um, I would say the guy that, you know, um, you're comfortable with out, out there on the offense, you know, running your entire offense through. Um, you don't feel that you're limited in any ways. Um, and a guy that, for the most part, can, you know, play the majority of the game. But nowadays, you're not – you don't just have, like, one back or two backs that's going to just go the whole game nonstop. Right. I feel like that's not really in today's game anymore. So, um, yeah, you know, just just a guy out there that the offense can rely on and, and run the entire offense through. Yeah, I think that that's really well said. And, and to your point, you almost have to have an, an army of guys, and you guys seem to have that with you, obviously, kind of uh, being the primary focus in terms of ball carriers and, you know, being utilized in the passing game. What would you say is, is the biggest difference? Because we were so excited to see this offense this year. And, 
you know, we really didn't get a chance. You actually said on the uh, the sounds from the sideline video that the uh, DallasCowboys.com team puts out. I don't know if you saw this go out, but I know you know you said it uh, during the Giants when you said they're taking our touchdowns. Uh, so we, we mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to to see you guys kind of flex your offensive muscles in week one. Saw it a little bit in week two, obviously. What's the biggest difference so far in your opinion? This is obviously now your fifth NFL season. How do you feel, view things as being different offensively and what you guys have going on? Um, you know, just just making things fun on offense, you know, um, that was just a part of the competition. You know, we, right. we had a competition with the defense, so we need our touchdowns so we can get our points on the board. But it's, you know, when our defense is clicking like that, you know, they make our job easy. So at the end of the day, it's all fun and games. But, you know, we're just just going going out there competing, you know, making it competitive. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really well said. It was obvious that it was a joke. Um, it's it's very clear that you guys are having a lot of fun. Uh, but it's also very clear, as dominant as you all have been, um, that you're not taking anything for granted. I don't want to make an assumption, but you all know how last season ended. You've all fallen short together. I do think that there is value in in those scars that you've kind of developed with one another. Does that make sense? Definitely, 100%. Yeah, well, uh, Chili's uh, is uh, a place that I have spent much time in my life, Tony Pollard. And you mentioned it, the Boneless Wings, Monday nights, this coming Monday. Obviously, you guys are going to be on Monday Night Football in a few weeks. Um, I mean, who who wouldn't want to do this? Who wouldn't want to win? Um, I know you've signed a lot of jerseys, but, like, have you ever slathered one in sauce before this before? It's my first time, actually. It's my first you know, what we got to do, Tony, is we got to get uh, the sauce in like a like a, a pen. You know what I mean? Like we'll use it as the ink in a pen. Um, oh, I actually did. I did that. <laughs> well, I mean, there you go. I'm my I'm clearly not in marketing because I've thought of something that has already been thought of before. It's funny that you guys came up with this or you have this partnership coming out the weekend after you played Sauce Gardner. So it all kind of worked out really well in that sense. I didn't even think about that. That's smart, though. <laughs> hey, well, you know, that. see, I have a future in marketing. Tony Pard, uh, looking forward to your partnership with Chili's and everything you have going on. Best of health, best of luck to you, every Dallas Cowboys fan is rooting you on. Have a great rest of the season and uh, keep killing it. Yes, sir. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Tony Pollard for taking the time to join us to talk about, obviously, the 2-0 start for the Cowboys, what he's done, his teammates, um, his sauce stained jersey is kind of fun that that happened right after the sauce gardener thing uh really cool conversation tony is such an easy player and person to root for and this is a, a really cool partnership that he has uh going on with chilies so um you know go enter go win that jersey because i kind of want to see it um and it was cool by the way that he signed something with um with sauce as the ink uh that he had never done that before but uh kudos to tony Pollard once again thanks to him and to chilies for the time um spinning forward because we can't you know we've we've done that before i mentioned at the beginning here right you know the last two dallas cowboys teams that started off three and oh both missed the playoffs that's why we're all scared right like that's why we're all like look I believe, but I'm not ready to go all the way in because I have been hurt before. I totally get that. I totally understand. Um, 
But if the Cowboys are going to get to 3-0, like we said, they have to get through not New Orleans, but Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals are the next game on the schedule for the Cowboys. Who are these Cardinals? I think everybody thinks that they're tanking. Um, I think everybody thinks one thing or another about them. But uh, in order to find out, we sat down with the best in the business who covers them. That's Johnny Venerable from PHNX. He joins us next right here on The Ocho. Very pleased now to be joined by the one and only, the legendary, the internationally famous, the supremely handsome. I've been told that he can juggle from PHNX. It is the one and only Johnny Venerable. Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here at Block on the Boys. I'm excited about it. Thanks for having me. Um, what did you have for breakfast today? What did I, I had avocado toast for breakfast. and I technically wow. don't, don't eat breakfast. Uh, yeah, playing into that narrative. Uh, I, I try to eat like at around 10, 30, 11. I try to do that intermittent fasting as, as long as I can. As a 35-year-old, as 5'6", grown adult male, I, I got to watch what I eat. So no no typical 7 a.m. breakfast for, for me. That's a real millennial kind of overall it description um, in every sense. Um, also, avocado toast, kind of a great, you know, Southwest sort of flavoring, um, I imagine, um, which is uh, appropriate this week with the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Arizona Cardinals. An old school NFC East matchup, obviously. Um, yeah. You were kind enough. I reached out to you last week uh, before the week two games uh, to book you to kind of get ready to chat about this game. What has changed the most about or what, what about your opinion has changed the most regarding the Cardinals from a week ago when I first DM'd you um, to now with obviously the big lead against the Giants that didn't hold? Yeah, I don't know if anything's changed. I had confidence in Josh Dobbs before week one, um, and it's unfortunate that they waited to bring him in. They, they had interest in March. We had that source on our show. Had they brought Dobbs in six months ago, they, they probably beat the commanders week one. Because he played mm -hmm. exceptionally well, especially in the first half against the Giants. So, I, I mean, if anything, they compete for Jonathan Gannon. Like, that can't be disputed. Yes, they're 0-2, but if you compare them to some of the other winless teams around the NFL, whether it's Houston, Carolina, certainly Chicago, like, they are competitive well beyond their talent level. Now, my concern right now is the, the depth on the, on the defensive line in particular is going to be challenged. They've lost two starting defensive linemen to injury over the course of the last week. They're missing starting linebacker Josh Woods. Buda Baker's out now. I mean, a unit that was already fairly undermanned is going to be tested even more so this week against that, that potent Dallas offense. So I, I think, again, competitive losses for a lot of people are great. It would have been nice to see them win one of these first two to get that monkey off their back because, you know, frankly, they go into a really tough stretch and it starts this Sunday. Yeah, and I, I'm sure it's difficult um, to probably quiet all of the they're just tanking stuff, right? It, it's it's just it's one of those things that kind of overwhelms you. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of Jonathan Gannon uh, just because I'm a Cowboys fan, right? Like, I mean, that's right. just you know the, the way things go. Uh, but I do think it's dumb when people take one tiny little thing. Um, and won't let it go. Um, the obviously introductory press conference moment, like ev everyone decided then that Jonathan Gannon is just this stooge and nobody's willing to give him any benefit of the doubt. Uh, people are, I, I think it's strange the grudge that Eagles fans are, are kind of holding on him, acting like he's the the one, you know, demerit against uh, what was otherwise an impervious season. Um, what has been the overall, you, you said they play for Jonathan Gannon. I mean, yeah. Sometimes stories like that, you know, they only exist on a national level and nobody gets the scoop as far as what's close and centered at home. Yeah, um, I think that he is the right coach for this team right now. And what I mean by that is this season was always going to be difficult. It's a transition year. And so they are stripping it down to the studs and they need a guy that can come out there and be the be the face of the franchise right now. And he's that person. 
Um, I, they've definitely overachieved defensively, despite what happened against the Giants in the second half. You know, try naming three to four of their front seven players. It's, it's damn near impossible for the ca casual fan. And they were shutting out the Giants in the first half. They played exceptionally well against the Commanders, had a defensive touchdown. You can see his fingerprints all over this team, forcing turnovers, et cetera. I, I, I think long-term, pairing him with a franchise quarterback, hopefully it's Kyler Murray, maybe it's Caleb Williams or Drake May. I, I don't have the answer to that now, is going to be like the, the recipe for success. And Nick Rowles, who's his defensive coordinator, I mean, they basically stole him from the Eagles. And I think mm -hmm. that's in large part why Howie Roseman and company filed those tampering charges. They thought Jonathan Gannon was going to be safe. They thought, didn't get the Houston job. We've got JG in the fold. Then Gannon gets the Cardinal job and he takes his number one assistant away, the heir apparent of him in Philadelphia. Like they were upset about that. And, you know, depending on who you talk to, they were also upset that they didn't have a window to talk to Vic Fangio. We'll go ask the Miami Dolphins how it's working out with Vic Fangio defensively right now. So it's not surprising from Eagle fans. Gannon just, I think, fits this market much better. It's a little bit more low-key, for lack of a better term, than, than Philadelphia. His family's very happy here. He is a, a football savant, defensive junkie with respect all over the NFL. He, he comes from the Mike Zimmer tree of coaching. I mean, you said it yourself. I mean, 70 sacks and 17 interceptions from that Super Bowl, you know, runner-up defense in Philadelphia. Like, the Cardinals were fortunate to get Jonathan Gannon. It's it's hindsight right now. Everybody's like, what a terrible hire. How could you have mm -hmm. done that? I mean, like, would you rather have Matt Eberflus right now? They, they were not the bell of the ball of coaching free agency back in January. Their quarterback had torn their ACL. The roster need gutted. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think they were very fortunate to, to land JG. Yeah, and I don't think anybody wants to, you know, pick apart a two-game sample size, but would you rather have Sean Payton? Would you rather given up draft capital right. to acquire right. him? I mean, like, yep. you could play that what-if game a, a million different ways. Um, I agree the vibe around the Cardinals has always been kind of low-key. Um, I think there's a, a reason that, that you know, like J.J. Watt chooses to retire and live there, right? Like, it's obviously a wonderful mm -hmm. place to live. Um, so it's kind of easy to kind of go to work every day if you can survive the summers, uh, which thankfully we're, we're near the end of, hopefully, if, yeah. you know, if, if God will allow that. Uh, but... Um, what is the perception of the Cowboys, I guess, from Cardinals fans right now? And I know that's probably difficult because you probably do run into a lot of fans that are like, who cares? Cowboys going to crush us. We're tanking, whatever. But like, what is the overall vibe as Dallas comes to town as big time favorites? Well, I think Cardinal fans would be happy to see the Dallas Cowboys get to, I don't want to say the Super Bowl, but like, I don't, we don't want any part of the Niners doing well. And I, I was rooting for Dallas in that playoff game last year. I was, I was very much pro Dan Quinn becoming the next head coach of this team. I think the Cardinals wanted Dan Quinn, Monty Austin Ford. Mm -hmm. He pulled out, I think, you know, rightfully so. It's the best decision for him because he's got a loaded unit. Maybe he can parlay that into a better job this offseason. But if it wasn't going to be John again, it, it sounded like early in the process it was going to be Dan Quinn. So, you know, they're so well coached. They've done a tremendous job with their draft and development program. Like, you know, I, I didn't love Micah Parsons coming out. And, of course, he, he's just, I think, the best defensive player in football right now. I did like C.D. Lamb. Kyler Murray wanted C.D. Lamb. Everybody but Steve Kime wanted C.D. Lamb. And so, <laughs> again, there's a lot of ties you know, kind of weirdly between these two franchises right now. It's just a little bit of a, the, the script flipped, right? You remember that Monday Night Football game? Kyler Murray goes into sure. Dallas, puts up like 40 points, and then beats them in week 16 two years ago. Like, the tide has turned, and the Cowboys now are, are making the run. So, I mean – Again, like I, I, I don't know how competitive this game is going to be this weekend. The, the spread's like 12, 13 points, but that's a testament to the, the talent that they've put together. The Cowboys, you know, people knock them, no minimal playoff wins, haven't been to a Super Bowl, but like 
they've always had talent on the roster. You can't dispute that. I, I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott, what he stands for. I think he gets some of the same criticisms of, Ky- of Kyler Murray unfairly. So they are top to bottom along with San Francisco, the best teams in the NFC, in my opinion. That was a good, uh, I think, Twitter following uh, scoop of an answer. Like all the right praise, all the right buttons pressed uh, as far as Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. And, and nobody liked Micah Parsons. I mean, the evaluation was as an off-ball linebacker. And so when right. they took him as high as they did, it, it felt like a, a misuse of a, of a premium resource. He had some resource, off-field concerns too. Right. No, that's really well said. You brought up uh, what I wanted to talk about as well. Um the Cardinals have kind of been a, a, a weird thorn in the Cowboys side. Uh, you mentioned that 2020 game. That was the first game with Dak Prescott after he'd hurt his ankle the week before. Yeah. It was on Monday Night Football. Andy Dalton came in. Uh, it just They were overwhelmed, uh, obviously, by a Cardinals team that was ready to play. Uh, in 2021, the you know rough end of the season for Arizona then, that was the one win they picked up. And that was a game that a lot of Cowboys fans were kind of looking forward to. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, UT fans that root for the Cowboys, and so they didn't like Kyler Murray, both through AM and Oklahoma days. And then he'd had the comment in the offseason prior about how Dallas sucks, like when he was growing up and he was a kid. Um, and so to not be able to silence that was really frustrating, I think, for a lot of Cowboys fans. So I do think there is this kind of, you know, teeny tiny revenge factor, but these are two old school division rivals. But I've never really sensed any bad blood against the Cardinals, even though the Emmett Smith thing happened. Like you, you mentioned rooting for the Cowboys. Do any Cardinals fans hold ill will towards Dallas? I don't think so. I think the biggest point of frustration is that there are going to be more Cowboy fans at the stadium this weekend than Cardinal fans. And the Cardinals have no one to blame but themselves. I'm talking the ownership, the leadership group. Right. Like when when you're not winning games, they have two home wins in the last two years. I mean, think about that. Since the la- October of 2021, they've they've won twice in their own building. And and Dallas and has one been was very the successful, Hail Mary? but no, the, I mean it, it was uh yeah, or that was that was three years ago. It was actually a, a throwaway game against Houston. The last game that that Watt and Hopkins played together that year, and then last year it was a Thursday night game against the New Orleans Saints. But but that's it. And so that's right. the home environment has kind of been shattered. You know, harking back to the days of Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer, and that place was buzzing. Like they got to rebuild that and earn that. But I mean, like I am rooting for the Cowboys, like tongue in cheek. Most most Cardinal fans do not like the Dallas Cowboys, so I should I should probably preface it by saying that. But again, I it, they, it doesn't bother me like it does when Seattle the Rams or the Niners are humming. Like we're not in the same division anymore. That's, that's very much, you know, as I've become, you know, a young adult now in my thirties, like those are the teams I've, I've rooted to hate. And it's been exceptionally difficult in the NFC West because you have three potential coaches that are going to the hall of fame and Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay and Pete Carroll. Like that's where the Cardinals have really struggled, especially post, you know, Bruce Arians era. So I, I, I think the, the Dallas Cardinal matchup is a nice little footnote, like historically, Certainly that that playoff game from the late 90s is something that people still talk about to this day, Jake Plummer and company. But it, I mean, the Cardinals and their fan base primarily are focused on the teams out West. That makes sense. Um, it's funny you mentioned age. Um, you know, I, I didn't personally ever really like hate the 49ers. You know, the 90s kind of, you know, bad blood was you know, obviously yeah. when we were a little bit younger. But, you know, the new age kind of losses for Cowboys fans. I do think there's a younger generation that hates them in a different way. Uh, but, you know, interestingly, um, these, these are former division rivals. But this game, you mentioned the line, 12, 13 points, wherever you look. Uh, a lot of people obviously expect Dallas to kind of roll out and get to three, you know, Josh Dobbs gave them a little bit of trouble last year in the penultimate week of the regular season. Um, I'm sure you've looked into it and talked about it, but um, Tennessee had nothing 
nothing to play for in that game because they needed the the final week against Jacksonville to get in. So they kind of rolled Josh out to you know experiment, playing sort of a glorified preseason game. Whereas Dallas was still trying to keep pace with Philadelphia for the division, um, and it was kind of a slow start. Dak had some of those weird interceptions and whatever the case may be. But so I think that's the name everybody's focused on as far as Cowboys fans. Who were some other players? You mentioned Buda Baker, obviously on injured reserve. Who are the guys that are kind of popping? Because you said, you know, there's a lot of casual fans that may not be able to name a ton of players on this roster. Yeah, I think defensively, somebody that, you know, I didn't have high expectations for into this year, but has really popped under John again is Dennis Gardeck. A little bit of a tweener outside pass rusher, three sacks in two games. Uh, Zaven Collins, who went just, I think, six picks behind. Micah Parsons, it really, I mean, once Mac Jones and Zaven Collins went back to back in that, what, 2021 draft, I mean, the talent went dry in an otherwise historic top 14 picks. And hopefully Zayvon Collins can turn it around. He was an inside backer under Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Gannon said, no, we're going to play him outside. He looks more comfortable. He's got a long way to go. And then Keetrell Clark, who's a six-round rookie corner, has been starting for day one out of Louisville for Jonathan Gannon. I I don't know if he's ever going to become like a CB1 and would prevent them on, on taking somebody like Kool-Aid McKinstry next April. But I, I do think that he's going to be a viable piece of the secondary. Like, it would not surprise me if he and Marco Wilson t- take turns of covering, trying to cover CeeDee Lamb. And then offensively, you know, Trey McBride at tight end is somebody I'm, I'm high on, second-year player out of Colorado State. Much more explosive than Zach Ertz, but they love using two tight end sets. Ertz and McBride are going to get a lot of play again. And then uh, another rookie, Mark uh, Michael Wilson out of Stanford, who was one of the last picks of the third round. I did not like the pick at the time. He was hurt at Stanford. And all he's done since the senior ball on has been borderline dominate. I mean, he had a dominant camp with the Cardinals, elevating himself as a rookie, albeit on a rebuilding team, to a starter as a as a late third round comp pick of sorts. So, um, you know, Paris Johnson Jr. was their first round pick this year. I don't know if he's going to be matched up against Micah Parsons or, or if it's going to be DJ Humphreys, but Paris Johnson Jr. in particular, zero QB hits, zero sacks allowed. So, again, like, I don't know if it'll pay dividends Sunday, but the Cardinals have the right stuff going with the young players. They're, they're doing what they need to do. If they're going to lose, you, you might as well lose and develop some guys. Sure. I think that's really well said. And I, um, a different sort of thing. Um, I didn't understand the Sam Howell move for Washington, speaking of obviously Cardinals opponents, but uh, that is kind of the cliche thing, right? Like, oh, if we're going to be bad, like just throw the young guy out there, right? Like just, just yeah. see, you know, you never know. Like why, why run this out with Jacoby Brissett when, when we have an opportunity to at least, you know, glean some data. Um, what would yeah. impress you? from from Dallas you know what would if they accomplish whatever would you go holy crap you know I knew they were really good or whatever but I didn't see this coming I, I I really thought they wouldn't be able to accomplish this I know that's a weird question well I mean this weekend I think that they need to win by double digits for me to be impressed because the Cardinals are again they are struggling defensively and that's putting it mildly the culture sock of blowing a 28 to 7 lead from last week Josh Dobbs you have a little bit more tape on like Cowboys should win this game convincingly if they don't I have some question marks about Mike McCarthy and company. As far as the season goes, like, can they get physical with San Francisco and can Dak Prescott limit his turnovers? Like, you know, the defense is Super Bowl caliber, but can Dak Prescott, you know, outduel Brock Purdy in Santa Clara? Like, I, I need to see that happen. I think that they're on paper better than Philadelphia this year. Philadelphia, to me, classic Super Bowl hangover. I predicted them to be nine and eight this year. They lose both coordinators. That's not nothing. They already miss Gannon, even though they'll never admit it. They're giving up 28 points, almost 35 points to Kirk Cousins, and their pass rush is not the same. So Phil, like the Cowboys should win 12, 13 games and, and compete for home field advantage. And anything less than that, I think, is disappointing this year. I really do. The NFC is terrible. Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks by default. And that's not a knock on him in the NFC. 
and what the NFC South is trotting out, how average the NFC North is potentially like it's, it's a two team conference right now. And I, I think Dak Prescott is better than Brock Purdy, but San Francisco is so well coached with Kyle Shanahan. I see it every year. I mean, it's, it's going to be a coin flip, certainly a throwback if those two teams meet in the NFC title game. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, like Pepsids and, you know, just general antacids that'll be consumed by Cowboys fans. If it comes, if they get to the <laughs> NFC title game and it's like, you got to get, I will the root for them teams. hard if they get there. Absolutely. I will have the, I think my pom poms out for, for Mike McCarthy to not blow it. That's certainly much appreciated. I agree with you entirely uh, that the Eagles missed Jonathan Gannon. Um, there, there had to be a scapegoat, and they they just really zeroed in their crosshairs on him. And then it became about him. And of course, he went to the team with the field. What is the like? Is there like a defense of the field? Is that like a maybe not like a Cardinals fan team pride thing? But like I I never you know you never hear that side. You never hear anybody kind of defending the field. I don't know if that you know group of people exists. Well, I mean, like. They practice on it during training camp, so he gets mucked up, and then it's like fine. And then it's fine. It's real grass, like they're not playing right. like the Jets are. I mean, it's it's fine. It's middle of the pack, and the sod that they use with the sod father at the Super Bowl that was different. That was different grass. It was being being grown. That wasn't the Cardinals grass that they used during the year. And like outside of Kyler Murray's fluke injury, which was non-contact, like they've been relatively healthy on that field. So I, I don't. It looks bad at the end of the preseason. Then they work on it. And then it's fine. Like no one's no one's going to complain about the state of the field. Like from here on out, like everybody wants to play uh, in Arizona because it's not freezing cold in the months of November and December. So I, it's a, it's definitely overblown. Where the Cardinals are an easy target. Like I'm not just saying that because I cover the team; they're my team. But like they're they're a team that's easy to say. You know, they're, they're not a big boy organization. They need to grow up. But like their 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 facility, they host Super Bowls. It's it's a nice setup they have in Glendale. It's a great part of the country. Um, I agree with you. They're they're kind of an easy team to pick at, but when they're good, I mean, um, you talked about the Carson Palmer days. That 2015 team was awesome. Like that was so much fun. Yeah. Um, to watch. Like when when the Cardinals are humming, it is just it it looks and feels different. Um, last one for you. Um, because I just am curious at this point, are the D backs going to make the playoffs? You guys cover it all. So I mean, oh man, I think so. Um, they had, <laughs> they took what two out of three from Chicago. They had a big win last night. Um, yeah, this city needs some, some postseason love. Like the Suns by default are great. It would be the biggest unmitigated disappointment if they don't win the NBA finals this year. Like they are stacked with Bradley Beal and company. It would, it would be a nice little appetizer. D-backs making the postseason, win a game or two, maybe more, maybe win a series, God forbid, because the Coyotes are, have their own issues. Right. And, and yeah, the Cardinals, like they're like their Super Bowl is next April. The Cardinals are poised with the Chicago Bears to dominate the top five to 10 picks, the NFL draft, Kyler Murray's coming back in hopefully a couple of weeks. Like Cardinals have a chance in 2024 to really make some noise. They just, they just don't have enough star power this year. And so it's about, you know, shifting that Collinger through and, and see who's worth keeping, who's worth developing. Yeah. I think that's well said. Should be a, a good few months. Once Kyler's back, you run it into uh, the waste management. You know I mean? The sun season takes off, who knows D backs, yeah. you know, do give you a little bit of joy um, in, in early October. Uh, Johnny Venerable on Twitter at Johnny Venerable uh, from PHNX. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, what's for breakfast tomorrow as we leave? Probably the same thing. I'm a creature of habit. I like my avocado toast. I am out of feta cheese. I have to go get some more. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. My kids eat those sugary cereals, and I do you know, try to consume that. But my wife's like, you know better than that, so I don't do that. Well said. Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Enjoy the game this weekend. You too, man.
want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Johnny for taking the time to join us, giving us some really great insight um, on the Cardinals, kind of the vibe and obviously players to watch. Um, sometimes, you know, I think we're all guilty of, you know, paying more attention to one team or a few teams or these teams as opposed to that team or those teams or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's why it's always nice to kind of visit with somebody who covers the team that the Cowboys are playing to make sure that we get the proper insights um, that we can. Follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Venerable, uh, J-O-N-N, excuse me, J-O-H-N-N-Y-V-E-N-E-R-A-B-L-E. Uh, but, um, yeah, like I told you it was a big show. We had two guests. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, we're, we're cooking over here. Uh, I'm really looking forward obviously to this weekend, uh, to the Cowboys, hopefully getting to three and zero, and then we can start talking about the possibilities of being four and or whatever. Um, you, you can't look more than one week ahead. We're trying to, we got to, got to focus one week at a time. That's the plan. That's the goal. And that's what we're sticking to here. Um, if you like me, if you think I'm cool or, uh, you want to berate me on the internet, uh, you can do so on Twitter or, and, or Twitter, Instagram, or threads excuse me at rj ochoa on tiktok at rj.ochoa if you would like to send me an email you can do so rj.ochoa at sbnation.com is how you do that for now i bid you adieu my friends i hope you enjoy tonight's game the thursday night football game between the saquon barkley less new york giants and the san francisco 49ers uh the cooler weather is fighting to get here and you can kind of sort of maybe ish feel it um the fall is is really kind of right around the corner so i know we're all looking forward to it uh thanks so much for uh for your time today i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and a wonderful weekend i hope you have the greatest weekend of all time you know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.